Hello, and again, welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Mike Federer, and uh, this is my first attempt at a podcast. Um, really looking forward to it uh, because I, I just I, I hope I can help people. You know, I've been a professional photographer, videographer, drone pilot, media creator. You know, all wrapped up into one for the past eleven years now, uh, full time. This is what I do for a living. Uh, I am a 55-year-old guy, your typical guy, uh, you know, watching football, watching sports, uh, drinking a beer or two occasionally. I am married to a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful woman, and uh, she and I have two amazing boys. They are soon to be 10 and 12 years old, and needless to say, they keep us extremely, extremely busy uh, with all of their activities that they're in. And aside from uh, my career, uh, my wife has her own career full-time. And then, like I said, the boys' activities. And then we also are season ticket holders for our local hockey team, uh, which keeps us even busier in the wintertime because we, uh, we attend every game, every home game anyway, and some away games. And uh, aside from that, the hockey team has asked me to come and, and assist them in media creation. So that's cool. Uh, being able to meet, you know, the players and getting to know them very well and having my boys involved and being able to have our, our boys, you know, meet the players and literally they come over to our house and, you know, we take them out to dinner and we sponsor a player every year. And, uh, you know, the guys come over to the house and they sit down and they play video games with my kids. I mean, how much more exciting could that be as a kid to have your hero come over and be at your home and play knee hockey on the carpet or, again, play video games with you? It's, it's really cool for the boys. So I really appreciate the, the, the name of the team is the Quad City Storm. So really appreciate those guys and the uh, administration, the management, the ownership over there. They're just a great group of people. So, again, I've created this podcast. Uh, you know, I enjoy helping other people, especially those that are thinking about pursuing, you know, photography in general or media creation um, as a as an occupation for themselves, as a career for themselves. And as you might imagine, being around those kinds of people, um, you know, the, I get asked a lot of questions about how I run my business. Um, you know, obviously, we always talk about gear, and uh, I also teach photography as well. But uh, one of the things that I get asked most often is how I got started. How did you know that you wanted to do this as an occupation? And uh, much to some disbelief of other people, I haven't always been a photographer, obviously. That's only been the past 11 years, but it all started when I was a kid. Um, you know, I come from uh, a, a large family on my mother's side, especially. Uh, my mother has seven siblings, and of course, with all of their children and extended family. You know, this is a, a Hispanic family, and it seems as though there was always something going on every single weekend, uh, whether it be a wedding or a quinceanera or some kind of event. And the cool thing was is that my uncle was a photographer. Now, he was a, a studied photographer, if you will. He took photography courses in college, and uh, so he was always hired to photograph these events. And myself and, you know, a lot of other members in the family, we were always at these events and either at them or in them. You know, I've been in a ton of weddings. I've been in a ton of quinceaneras. But when I wasn't actually in them, I would actually be, you know, let's say at a wedding uh, in the pew and watching my uncle work. It was, uh, he was great at what he did, but he was what I might consider nowadays old school meaning that all of the attention was placed on the couple itself. Um, you know, the, the bride and groom at the altar, capturing everything that happened there, almost, 
I don't know, I, dare I say robotic, but I can remember being a kid in that pew and looking around and watching things happen, watching the emotions, watching the moments, and literally thinking to myself, God, I wish I had a camera so that I could capture all this stuff. And it was at that point where I started to get the bug. And then, um, I don't know, about 11 or 12 years old is when I actually first cornered my uncle to sell me one of his older cameras that he really didn't use. Uh, it was my first SLR, you know, my first real camera with interchangeable lenses. And, you know, you had to learn to use it. And it was a film camera. And so from that point forward, um, I, I really started to get the itch and wanted to learn more. And But it really wasn't until one day when he took a picture, uh, made a portrait of my brothers and I. Um, I have two brothers uh, from my mom and dad's marriage. Uh, we're all one year apart, and he created a, a portrait of the three of us together. And it wasn't until he asked my youngest brother to kneel down and pick up a stick. And, uh, you know, that's it's at that point where he took the photograph. And when I saw it in the print later, I realized that he wasn't just taking pictures. He was making photographs. And that just, just, just amazed me and intrigued me to no end to the point that I started to study it and, um, you know, really research photography and posing and, uh, you know, really try to hone my own skills even as a kid. I mean, I was, I was taking that camera and laying under the bed, getting under the bed and <laughs> looking for different angles rather than just standing up and taking snapshots like everybody else. I really wanted to dive deep into the, how, how the camera worked and how to create, literally how to create what was in my mind um, and be able to get that as an end result. So that was a huge driver for me. But all of that started to wane a bit, especially once I got to high school. You know, you get wrapped up in sports, um, girls. <laughs> I played a lot of baseball. I played some basketball. But, you know, just interests change when you get to high school. And so all of the, the photography stuff kind of got put back to the wayside. And while I was at high school, I took some vocational courses, one of which was auto mechanics. And my father was an auto mechanic uh, at a local dealership. And, you know, for as far back as I can remember, he was always a mechanic. I mean, my brothers and I used to help him carry tools and hold flashlights for him when he went to work on friends and, you know, family members' vehicles and, and help them out. But, uh, you know, I was good at it. In school and um, my sophomore year, I ended up uh, actually getting a job at the same dealership as my father. Uh, after school, uh, like I said, going to work as a rust proofer. And as you might imagine, it's, it's, it's a nasty job. And uh, I did that for, I don't know, about a year, but it actually got my foot in the door. And, uh, you know, I was, I was uh, doing that for about a year or so. And then I became a, a night mechanic in the evening, uh, full time. And then ultimately, about a year after that, I moved up into a daytime mechanic or a line mechanic, as they're commonly known. And again, for the next 11 years, uh, that's that's what I did until one day I realized, you know, after some you know, getting getting tired of it, um, that's when I decided that maybe this just isn't for me. So from there, I ended up going to um, many other jobs. I've worked in HVAC, I've installed heating and air conditioning systems. I was uh, at one point working for a local casino where I met my lovely wife. She and I were both in the purchasing departments there. Um, because I had a mechanical background, I worked as a liaison or a purchasing agent, if you will, between the engineering department on the vessel. 
Now, this is a, a riverboat casino, so it actually did cruise up and down the Mississippi River at the time. And uh, like I said, met my wife there. But after, I don't know, nine years there, I think, um, a couple of things happened. Uh, one of which was September 11th. And we all know how that really affected things uh, nationwide here. And I, and I say that to say this next point. Shortly after September 11th, the casino that we were working for got bought out by a different company. And during that changeover, um, the entire purchasing department, which I was a part of, as well as our entire receiving department, got let go all in the same day. So we're talking like maybe 12 people, uh, maybe not quite that many, but, you know, an entire department got let go. So after, you know, being post 9-11, that made it really difficult to, to find work. So, you know, I kind of started over again, if you will. Uh, I went and found a, another job. Ultimately, it took a long time, but ultimately uh, importing boots and shoes from China, um, which was really kind of boring for me. You know, I'm kind of an extrovert. I like to be in front of people. I like to talk to people. Uh, used to building relationships that way, but I was literally within four cinder block walls on a computer and in spreadsheets all day with my only communication to the outside world was getting an email in the morning from China and sending one out in the evening uh, back to China. And then again, the rest of the time was I had my nose buried in spreadsheets. Um, then I actually went to sell RVs for a while. I did that uh, a couple of different times for the same company. Uh, that was fun, but um, I didn't have weekends anymore. Weekends were no longer my own. It's kind of like a car dealership. I mean, if it's a if it's a weekend, it's a holiday. Guess what? You're still open. You're still out there selling you know, whatever it is you're selling, you know, in my case, it was RVs and I enjoyed camping and actually bought an RV while I was working there. But the problem was, is that if you're working every weekend, it's kind of hard to utilize that, that camper or that RV. So at, right about that point, when I started to realize, you know, I, again, that I, I, I knew I wanted to get away from that to get my weekends back. Um, by this point, uh, my wife and I were married and we started to, uh, talk about having children and so you know I always knew that I would want my weekends back and at that point I was you know still continuing my photography pursuit in the evening um, literally going to my day job coming home and then you know my wife and I would have dinner she would go to bed and I would go to the basement to work on photography to work on photos editing and just as a side hustle until one day some of my work got noticed by another photographic company out of town and they asked if I would come and join them. And so I decided to leave the RV dealership and then go to, uh, to work for this other photographic company, which was, it was fine. It was, it was, you know, getting, pulling back out of me what I wanted to do anyway. And it taught me a lot. It taught me, uh, you know, the proper way to do things, if you will, um, rather than being so freestyle like I was. So it was a good base to to learn from and to to carry with me. Um, eventually, um, the owner's mother was having some problems, and my mother was starting to have some medical problems, and we both took some took some time off. And it was during that time that I decided. Well, <laughs> we decided, my wife and I. I was still doing weddings. Uh, on the weekend when I wasn't working for the photographic company. I had my own start of a, of a business. And the owner of this other photographer, photography company knew that. But it just got to the point 
where if I went to my day job, I was actually losing money because I had worked so hard at, at getting weddings that, you know, it, it was taking, going to a day job was taking up too much of my time and I couldn't finish the editing or I couldn't book more weddings because I had to go to work. And needless to say, weddings pay a whole lot more than my hourly wage working for someone else. So it was at that point where, again, you know, each of our mothers was was having a bit of a difficult time that, you know, I just decided one day that I just wasn't going back. And I, I'll never forget the day because my wife just looked at me and said, sure, said, you're not going back, are you? And I said, no, no, I, I can't. I can't. So that's kind of how it all started. Uh, weddings were a huge, huge part of my business for the next shoot. Uh, still to this day, not so much now, but at least for the next eight years, weddings were primarily what I did and um, loved it. It enabled me to use the the creativity that I always was intrigued with. Um, capturing those moments, that's how I built the business. That's how I sold my work. Um, that's how I described it to everyone, you know, prospective clients of mine. And, you know, that was great. Uh, I knew if I was going to do it full time, that weddings were probably going to have to be where I started because that's where the money was. And if I planned on doing this full time and being able to make a living at it, then, you know, you have to follow the money. But after eight years or so, um, I started to branch off and doing other kinds of work. Uh, there was always portrait work and senior portraits and things like that. But after about eight years, I started to want to you know, kind of like the RV industry, I, I wanted to get my weekends back instead of doing weddings every single weekend. I was doing 25 to 30 weddings a year for the first, you know, seven or eight years. And that's a lot, you know, especially in our demographic here, we're in the Midwest. And, you know, during the wintertime, no really, nobody really gets married per se. So it really dropped off in the wintertime. So I started to get more into the commercial end of things, working for businesses. And I really enjoy that because in most cases, businesses have a budget and they know what they can, they what they want to spend, what they need to spend. And it's a lot easier conversation, I think. And plus, the fact of the matter is, is that these business owners, these CEOs, uh, management, they don't want to work weekends either, right? They'd rather be on their yachts <laughs> doing, you know, playing rounds of golf. Uh, so it would that's really where I focused my attention on for the next few years and you know, until recent time. And it's working out really well. Um, as I mentioned, you know, in, previously in the intro that I fly drones commercially as well. I have three drones that I fly. I have three cameras that I use. I have lenses. I have a studio. I have lighting. Uh, everything I could possibly need. Uh, so I started doing aerial photography, uh, handheld photography for these businesses. And then... Within the past two or three years is when these companies started asking for video. Now, I've always been a Canon shooter for those first uh, eight, nine, ten years. But when it came to video, Canon just at the time wasn't really doing it as well as others. So that's when I decided to switch over to Sony. And now I shoot with, uh, I've been shooting for the past three years, uh, a couple of Sony a7-3s. They're full-frame mirrorless cameras. They do an amazing job at video. They're a great hybrid camera. I use them at weddings uh, for still photography as well. So basically whatever I want to do, I'm able to, to create. And, you know, I love, I love gear. I have gas, as it's known in the industry, gear acquisition syndrome. So much to my wife's chagrin, whose job is to not spend money. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a weakness of mine, and uh, she knows it, and she hates it, but she puts up with it. 
Um, so anyway, I have, you know, just about anything I could possibly need to create videos uh, commercially for these companies, whether they want something for television or they want something for social media or just, you know, photos, uh, aerial photos, handheld photos for their own websites, their own Facebook pages, you know, things of that nature. So that's kind of what this has grown into and kind of where I am today. Um, next steps, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, as I mentioned briefly, I am doing work uh, currently and over this winter with our local hockey team, helping them create their media for uh, promoting the team as well as uh, game time uh, little clips that they show up on the, you know, the big screen during timeouts and, and things like that. So it's been wonderful, but, and I've got to figure out where this is going to end as well. Again, I'm 55 and I know I'm not physically going to be able to continue to go out and schlep around all this gear to weddings and, uh, you know, the commercial stuff's not so bad. It's a little more laid back, a little more relaxed, but weddings are really, really hectic. And uh, so I'm, I'm looking for other avenues. And like I said before, I love to teach. That's probably an avenue I will pursue. Um, but I'm also loving this broadcast uh, medium as well. It's just, uh, you know, I've done the Facebook route. I've done some YouTube stuff. And I never seem to stick to it. Uh, social media, is it seems like they're very selective of who they share your posts with, which is really kind of disappointing. You know, you spend time crafting these posts, uh, crafting videos to upload, and, you know, they they selectively share it with those people that they think, you know, would serve them best, advertising dollars, I guess. But, it, you know, in case you don't know, everything that you share does not get shared with everybody you know, period. Um, so I'm, I'm really kind of... Uh, you know, I used to listen to quad podcasts quite a bit, um, and then it kind of dropped off because, like I said, I was getting into other things, the video, the Facebook kind of things. But now I've started to realize that I actually will listen longer and spend more time and take more interest in listening to audio on podcasts. Number one, it's more convenient uh, to do more often because, obviously, you do not want to be trying to watch a YouTube video as you're driving your vehicle to work on your commute. It's a whole lot easier to just, you know, turn it on and listen while you're on that commute or, you know, shoot while you're dusting, while you're doing dishes. You just, you know, relaxing at home, you know, maybe lying in bed uh, before you go to sleep. It's a, it's a whole lot easier to listen to someone you have interest in and uh, can learn from. And that's kind of my whole goal here for this particular podcast is to share my experiences. And hopefully if, uh, you know, we get listeners that uh, want to pursue this as a career, I can help them, um, you know, from my mistakes. Please, please, if you're listening to this, go make mistakes. That's the only way you're going to learn. Make as many mistakes as you can. Uh, that's what I tell my boys every day. Go make mistakes. And so, again, getting back to the idea of the podcast is just to share experiences. I want to have people on, um, other creators. I want to do interviews with uh, some people that I work for, for instance, the hockey team. Uh, you know, anybody that I can get to come on that will help you as a listener, as a creator, as an, an aspiring uh, photographer, videographer, media creator, to help you uh, achieve your goals and uh, kind of learn from my experiences. Like I said, I'll do gear reviews, tell you how, what kinds of gear that I use, 
and it's not just cameras, it's not just lenses, but everyday items that uh, help me perform the services that I provide. So I want to thank you for, for coming into this initial episode. This is uh, going to conclude right here for the moment, but this is a weekly podcast and starting again, obviously the next episode, I think that we will do uh, something a little more specific to the wedding industry and how I do things uh, in specific in relation to, to those events. So if you take nothing else from this episode, I just one thing that as I was describing everything here in, in my path, uh, one thing that you may have noticed is that I did not take photography courses. Um, I didn't go to college. I graduated high school. I went, went, went excuse me, went <laughs> right to work, you know, working on cars and, and you know everything that I've already described. But I guess if you take nothing else from this podcast, I want you to realize that it, a it's never too late. Um, I only started this business professionally and full-time 11 years ago, so I was 44 years old when this all began for me. It's never too late. You know, pursue what you love. Uh, sooner or later, it will come to fruition. I, I promise you, if you work hard enough, if you want it bad enough, um, and you know, you don't necessarily have to uh, go to school for this or a lot of things. Um, if you take the time... And you make those mistakes and you study it and you research it, you know, you can learn a lot of things on your own um, and really hone and polish those skills. So, again, if you take nothing else from this particular episode, just try to gain some confidence in yourself. Don't hold back. Go for it. By all means, go for it. You, you know, it's one thing to go for it and make a mistake and realize you can't do it, but it's, it's much more disappointing to eventually realize that, you know, you don't know what could have happened and you'll never know i always tell my students you know you're never going to get higher in the tree if you don't go out on the limb take a chance take a chance it's never too late so for now i'm uh, going to sign off for this particular episode but please come back next week when again we will have uh, a lot uh, more specific information a lot more specific subjects and hopefully a lot of interesting people coming up here very soon take care have a great day